Welcome to the Taking a Bite Out of EdTech podcast, where we're making all things EdTech easy to digest. I am your host, Marshall Beyer. In this episode, we are joined by my friend and colleague, Satara Ali, and we are going to be talking about what is distance learning. This is part of our virtual PD series that we are doing during the COVID-19 school closures. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, so thank you guys all for, for joining us. Um, this is our <clears throat> our first virtual PD, so I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to uh, join us. We are going to be doing these on Monday, or excuse me, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, this week we're actually going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but um, usually it's going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at 10 o'clock and it'll be from 10 to 10.30, and then we will have an open Q&A section um, directly right afterwards. So um, any questions and stuff, we will go over them then. And um, yeah, so just wanted to thank you guys for coming. Also, um, these are going to be recorded, so if you wanted to revisit it, we're going to upload it to YouTube afterwards. So they'll be there for you guys to check out um, at your leisure and whenever you want to come back and refer to what we were discussing today or any of the other future PDs. So again, thank you. And um, we will go ahead and we will get started. Okay, so we are, this is what we're going to kind of cover today. So we're going to explain what distance learning is. We're going to talk about some of the um, effectiveness of distance learning and kind of how it plays and how we're kind of modifying it here in TUSD. We're also going to talk about how um, to keep our students engaged while we are um, apart right now. And then we're going to talk about some technology choices that you can use, um, talk about some planning, and then certain apps that you can integrate while we are going through our distance learning. And then we wanted to just cover what is distance learning. So distance learning is different from e-learning, and of course it's different from in the classroom learning. With distance learning, students and teachers are utilizing the face-to-face -face online portals, participating in discussions, and utilizing a multitude of online tools to increase engagement, thereby increasing retention of the content. In our current situation, we're doing optional learning opportunities, which incorporate online as well as offline options for students being very, very mindful to internet access for all of our students. Yeah, so just to kind of piggyback on what Satara was saying, we wanna make sure that when we are thinking about activities and things that we're going to use, keeping that equity in mind, being mindful of not every student is going to have internet access, so making sure that we are coming up with things um, for all of our students. Okay, so we are going to kind of look at um, this model here so the synchronous and then the asynchronous and so synchronous would be live so kind of like what we're doing right now it could be instant messaging it could be 
chatting. It could be a phone conference, a video conference, like what we're doing right now, live online instructor led training. We can also, so there's, there's that part. And then there's also the asynchronous. So that would be like videos, podcasts, emails, documents, uh, management systems, those types of things. So they aren't necessarily live. They're kind of um, on demand. And then you would kind of take what you know, what you're doing in your classroom and then kind of applying it there. So blended would be kind of like a, a little mixture of both. So synchronous would be live like we're doing right now. Asynchronous would be on demand, recorded, something kind of like that. And then we're going to talk about how to keep students engaged. When we think about distance learning, we know that our students are at home. Some have jobs to help provide for their family. Some have younger, younger siblings that they have to take care of because their parents are part of the essential workforce. And some of them are now somewhere where they have tried to escape from every day by coming to school. So you know your students, you have built those relationships with them. And now is such an important time to really make sure that you're still connecting with them. This is also a very isolating time for our students and those in middle school and high school. This is the time where they're supposed to be building those social and emotional connections with their peers. So definitely in your role as a facilitator, try to foster some of those connections as best you can. All right. Yes. So I think kind of the main thing that we want to be focusing on right now is making those connections with our students. Um, okay. So obviously time is a factor, right? So it's huge for us. It's huge for us. It's huge for our students. It's huge for our parents. So don't, don't forget about time, right? Uh, the amount of time parents have to spend uh, with younger children while working and taking care of kids at home, the time older students have who might, like you said, they might have a job. They might be watching their siblings they might be the the de facto babysitter now so now they're watching younger siblings they might have like we said limited internet access and then also don't forget about the time your time and making sure that you are taking care of yourself and remember the time that it takes for you to kind of set these things up and think about the time commitments that you're making as well for feedback making sure that everything is doable that's why it's important to make all these optional learning activities that are posted and used online, make, making sure that they're purposeful and that they are, um, you know, standards driven and um, that they're meeting targets and stuff too. All right, and then I'm gonna talk about feedback. Feedback is so important, regardless of if we are in the classroom with our students and definitely right now where we might not be able to see all of them. So make sure that you leave feedback for your students' work and make sure that it's timely. Make sure they can access it easy and that students have to respond to it because the one thing we don't want is for you to spend hours giving all 150 plus of your students if you're a secondary teacher giving them all of this feedback and then they never look at it have a google classroom rubric or a flipgrid rubric use the comment bank in google classroom that way students can see what they did and read your feedback and then respond to their feedback that way they can grow from it Okay, so now we're going to talk about some tech choices. So the information that you see now was taken from a webinar by Rushton Hurley of uh, nextvista.org. So we talk about not recreating the will for yourself. Uh, don't burn yourself out or your students. There are many factors to think about, which is why, thankfully, our district is dedicated to optional learning opportunities where families and students can figure out how the next few weeks are going to work. Um, when sharing information with your students about optional learning activities, remember 
to try to make it as simple as possible because parents need to understand what um, the students are working on as well. And since they're going to be helping their children, most of them don't have the experience that we do with teaching and having someone to learn from. So just kind of keeping that in mind. So when we're thinking about some tech choices, focus on what we're already using. So not, not trying to, like I said, not trying to reinvent the wheel. Think about your grade level. Think about home bandwidth. Consider what your students can handle right now because yes, they're home, but we're all kind of going through a lot right now, whether it be emotionally and whatnot. So kind of keeping those things in mind, thinking about tech and non-tech supports for our students. So making sure that those activities are meaningful for them at home. Think of it as, you know, how, how can I help connect to my students? How can I kind of connect to them during this time? And that kind of should be kind of like at the forefront of our, of our decisions right now. And then for some tips and tricks to online learning. Remember that the switch to distance learning, online learning is new for everyone and not all of our students can make this switch and it will take some time for them to adjust. Pick some specific targets and standards and if possible, try to work with your PLC. You can do a Zoom conference with your PLC departments and you can come up with different things that you can help each other out with. Realize that all of these outside influences will play a huge part in your life and also the life of your students. Don't overwhelm yourself first and foremost. And by not overwhelming yourself, you then won't overwhelm your students. Make sure that you maintain a safe mental health for yourself along with your students. Take some time to relax. Don't, have, don't try so many different tools. Just pick a couple and then use those to fidelity. Right now, most importantly, provide a channel or a way to connect with your students that isn't academic. Don't recreate the wheel if something is already out there. Just use it. And don't worry about being camera shy. We are in front of our students all the time. They see nose hairs, all of our chin hairs. They see us on great days, bad days. And there's ways on the computer that you can just look better. You can do virtual backgrounds. You can make all of the shades even. There's all those options that we don't have when we're face-to-face. -face. So definitely don't be afraid of being on the camera with your students. Okay, so um, this is just a little kind of quote, and it says, remember when coming up with opportunities to connect with students, remember that not all are going to have the digital option like we've been talking about. Um, be sure that we're going to create offline options as well to ensure that we're reaching all of our students. So this is something that I know we're going to be working on. Um, I know you guys worked really, really, really hard to get stuff put together for students before we went on closure. And then I know we're going to be working on that um, for that extended period that we just found out about, about being closed until the beginning of May. So just making sure that we keep in mind when we're coming up with these optional learning activities that it is um, both, we can have digital components, but then make sure that we're thinking about the offline options as well. So we can reach all of our students. And then I did, we did want to point out some non-tech options, definitely meaningful non-tech non options. Don't forget to think about these type of options for your students. Have a project or assignment that they can complete at home that doesn't have to be in front of the screen all day long. Because we know when they're home, they're playing video games, they're watching TV, they're on their Chromebooks if they're secondary. And we want to give them time where they're not on the screen. So some ideas are, making a color wheel with physical objects, 
making a recipe but cutting it in half. That way they have to look at all the different fractions. Drawing a picture on paper and then submitting it by taking a picture of it. Maybe they're looking at the stars for 10 minutes or they're creating their poem, they're observing something outside, they're reading a book, creating a report on it. Maybe they could just be creating a journal for right now for what's happening because we're in an unprecedented time where the world pandemic is happening and everyone is supposed to be sheltering in place. This is a great time for them to be creating a journal about their emotions, what they're going through, and then interviewing their parents and people in their family or in their home to see how they are feeling. And then that gets them working on their literacy in so many different ways. Not everything has to be done on the computer. And so just remember that you aren't limited to the internet if you wanted to create some optional learning activities for your students. So to, to kind of piggyback on what Satara was saying about the journaling activity, um, if you think about it, this is uh, an event that we're going through right now that you know their kids and their grandkids are going to ask them about it. And I mean, my kids are, you know, my son's four, my daughter's 10 months old. So they're, they don't really understand what's going on right now. So when they get older and they hear about this and, you know, I have a journal, I, that's something that I've been doing nightly is I've been kind of journaling about what I'm feeling, how things are happening, different things that are going on. So then when they are older, they have that first account, um, that primary source of this is what was going on at that time. And then, you know, they can show it to their kids. They can show it to their grandkids. And I, I know like when my grandparents, they were all, my grandfathers were all in the army and they were going through World War II and stuff. So just being able to talk to them about their experiences, if they had like a physical journal or something that they could refer to, I think it would be pretty meaningful. And then, like we said, they're working on their, they're writing, they're working on their literacy. If they're interviewing people, now they're working on their speaking and listening skills. So it, it hits a lot of hits a lot of areas just by doing something as as uh, writing down, creating a journal about what's what's going on right now. And then it's something too that it kind of brings the family together because it's a project that everyone can kind of have a piece in and everyone has a stake in the game within. They all can kind of connect to it because we're all going through this for the first time together. So I, I think it's something that it works on skills, but then it can also be something that kind of pulls a family together. Okay, so now we're going to be talking about creating a weekly plan that's easy to follow. So if we were doing, you know, more traditional distance learning, this would be something that we could do. So we would make sure that we have a plan, whether it be weekly, monthly, daily, uh, just to make sure that the plans are easy to follow. Using something like Google Classroom, um, we can create topics per week. So in Google Classroom, you can create, you know, a topic. So some teachers will use uh, by subject, they'll do like math, social studies, science, but you could do um, like week one, week two, week three, that kind of thing. Um, you could use like a Google Doc or Google Slides that has some hyperlinks in it that links to specific resources. And then just making sure that we're providing clear instructions because we are not there to teach them. So we need to make sure that um, the plan's easy to follow and that the, the uh, instructions are easy to follow as well. And then we have a huge list of apps that are approved in our district that you can use. All of these applications have been approved. Um, you can also check our approved apps that are listed on our Tech and TUSD website. That way that you are knowing that every single program that you're using with your students have been vetted for safety, privacy, and security. 
and do not overwhelm yourself. This is a huge list. This is a very huge list and this can be very overwhelming just throwing all of this at you. Just pick a couple, read into them, see if it's something that speaks to you and if it's something that you wanna to try to incorporate during these optional learning opportunities. Make sure that you're still maintaining that safe mental health along with your students. Because if it's new for you, it's new for them. And remember that, especially in secondary, when they have seven to eight teachers, they're learning a lot of new tools from so many different teachers at the same time, along with everything that's going out in the world during this historical event with everything going on in their families, it can get really, really overwhelming. So right now, most importantly, just provide a channel or a way to connect with your students that isn't academic. Be mindful of offline opportunities as well, and don't recreate the wheel if something's already out there. Just use it. Don't worry about being camera shy, and just pick a couple of things. Yeah, um, just to kind of, again, kind of piggyback on what Satara was saying, this list, I mean, it is just this list alone is a huge list of things, and there's a lot, a lot of good resources on here, but... I would not, even myself, I would not try to implement all these at one time because that would just be ridiculously crazy. So pick something. Maybe I would, like we said, start with something that you're already familiar with. So if there was something that you were already using in your classroom, maybe kind of start there. And then if you wanted to kind of dabble with something, start there. Start small. Don't reinvent the wheel like we said. But also just to kind of reiterate, make sure that we're not overwhelming ourselves and we're not overwhelming our students during this time. Okay, so that's all that we have for you for distance learning and kind of what it is and kind of how we in TUSD are kind of adapting to it. So our next session is going to be on virtual learning with Zoom because I know a lot of teachers are using that. So we want to make sure that we're, um, we're going to talk about that, talk about ways that we can not only use it, you know, possibly with students this year, but learning how we can, you know, use it in the future where whether that be with teacher to teacher um, at different sites, teachers um, in different districts, stuff like that. So we will be back here tomorrow at 10 a.m. to talk about um, learning with Zoom. We're also going to be talking about during that session, we're going to talk about ways that we can kind of set up our Zoom sessions where they're the most kind of secure for our students as well. So like today, you guys had to log in Hopefully, if I set it up correctly, you should have had to enter a password and stuff. So that's just kind of a another layer of security. And we're going to go over kind of all those things uh, tomorrow.